The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. Some languages that we're broadcasting Christian content in in Southeast Asia, Wayne, have no Bible translated in their language, yet they're hearing the truth of Jesus Christ through FEBC's broadcasts. More about the radio ministry known as the Far East Broadcasting Company coming up now as Ed Cannon, FEBC's president, joins us on First Person. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Before we turn to the conversation with Ed, I'll take this moment to encourage you to visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. There you'll find more about FEBC and Ed Cannon. You can see what's coming up in the weeks ahead on First Person. And don't forget, you can explore the archive of past programs to listen to on demand. Better yet, to download any interview and take them with you on the go, in the car, or anywhere, use our smartphone app, First Person Interview. It's available free in your app store. Well, you hear me mention FEBC each week as the ministry that makes this program possible. And every once in a while, I like to check in with Ed Cannon and get an update on this radio ministry that reaches millions. Ed came to FEBC with a wealth of both business and ministry experience, having worked for BP Amico Oil, as well as the Moody Bible Institute. Now, with FEBC, I ask Ed to start with just a brief word about his life experiences. Well, it's it's a privilege to be here with you, Wayne. Uh, you know, I, I'm just a humble servant of the Lord, and I want to do what I can to honor and glorify Him with my life. Uh, I was very prayerful at one point when I was an executive in the oil business that I wanted to be responsive to whatever it was God had intended to use me for, if he could, in fact, use me at all. Hmm. And I prayed very intentionally for a long time, Lord, if there's something that you'd have me do, please make it crystal clear to me so I don't have to guess or uh, envision what it is you're suggesting to me. And so uh, at one point, I had um, felt very strongly that the impact of Moody Bible Institute on my family's life was so strong that we had become supporters of the Institute. And uh, I was invited to an event with uh, Joe Stoll and the board. And I was very passionate about that ministry. And long story short, they asked if I would have any interest in coming and helping the Moody Bible Institute in the capacity of executive vice president. And so I felt strongly that this was the Lord suggesting to me, uh, you asked me to tell you how you could serve me and and I'd like you to go there. Mm. Um, I had a number of years that were very challenging. Um, Moody, a great organization, was struggling because primarily the uh, uh, economic position in the United States had changed so much. Right. Uh, it caused some severe financial challenges for Moody. And um, and we worked those out fairly well. It was difficult and painful in many ways, but we got Moody back into a fairly good financial foothold. And to be honest, Wayne, I was really feeling the tug of international ministry. I feel here in the United States, we have uh, openness with the churches, wonderful radio stations uh, all throughout America with great Christian content and the opportunity for many Americans to hear the gospel in many different ways. But yet, uh, in the least reached places around the world, Asia and 
the Middle East and Africa, people are very limited in their ability to hear the gospel. Um, very few churches, lots of uh, oppression, uh, difficult environments for people getting access to the gospel. Uh, but yet radio is a way that uh, I felt was successful here in the U.S., but can be used far more effectively in the regions around the world where people are the least reached. Mm -hmm. And I did feel a burden on my heart uh, to reach out to those who have never heard, uh, the forgotten people of the world who just don't have an opportunity to hear the gospel. And one day, um, a good friend of mine uh, called and said, hey, I know that this FEBC organization is looking for a new leader, and I think you ought to be interested. <laughs> and to be honest, Wayne, I didn't really pay that much attention until another very good friend of mine called me the very next day and said the exact same thing. Hmm. So I felt this was something that I should really seriously consider. Yeah. And uh, Well, we were walking together through some of those days together, and I remember how uh, – how passionate you were about finding the place where God wanted you and, and for it to line up so perfectly with what you felt the uh, the call in your life was to reach out more around the world and, and to reach the unreached. Yeah, that is interesting, Wayne, how uh, God intersected our lives at that point. But uh, I was interested in FEBC and, and, and you were involved sort of in, in, in looking for the next leader. And when I heard what FEBC did and the number of countries – that they have access to with radio and media platforms and the number of indigenous leaders who were living sacrificially so that they could get the message of the gospel in the indigenous language to these people. Uh, and then most importantly, the responses of these people in vast numbers to the call of the gospel. It, it really overwhelmed me uh, with emotion that this is something that I really want to invest my life in. Yeah. And yeah. I've not looked back since because uh, I just find this to be an incredible place to serve Christ uh, and to get his gospel to the places which are the darkest and the least reached. Well, Ed, your story of, of calling and following in obedience has been a real challenge to me, and it's been fun to watch it unfold now for several years as you've led uh, the Far East Broadcasting Company. And thanks for your partnership with First Person as well. That's uh, that's something very much appreciated. And uh, But we like to touch base with you from time to time because, let's face it, the, the world is, uh, is, is getting very interesting when it comes to persecution and getting the gospel out. So I'd, I'd like to touch base with you for a few minutes about what what's going on in the world right now as you survey the landscape of the ministries where FEBC is involved in some 50 countries. Yeah, that's a great conversation, Wayne. And even though I've only been here a little over six years, I have seen radical changes in the cultures around the world, their response to radio, their position on media, uh, government intervention, uh, just the way the churches are spreading, it's phenomenal what's happened most recently here just in the in, in the places where FEBC works. Let's talk about China, can we, for a moment? Sure. Uh, China, of course, is where FEBC got their very earliest start. Uh, we actually had a radio station in Shanghai in the late 40s, and that's where FEBC was first starting to broadcast some wonderful stories about what happened there uh, 
early things like broadcasting on a loudspeaker in train stations before the communist revolution hit and then the establishment of a powerful shortwave signal in Manila that broadcast into China without any responses for uh, over a decade. And finally, we started hearing from the people via letters and and comments from listeners that said, many people are listening to your program, and please continue to broadcast the gospel. So we did. Uh, the uh, broadcast into China has emerged as now not only continuing to be shortwave radio, but internet platforms, cell phone apps, social media applications, and literally tens of millions of Chinese to this day depend on FEBC for Christian content, which is very hard for them to reach, particularly in the rural regions. Yeah. We've we've uh, been reading the news, and we know what's going on in China these days. It's got to be increasingly difficult to carry on ministry there. Uh, it is, particularly for the house church leaders and the registered churches in China. There's a lot more restriction for us, we continue to broadcast. Um, we haven't really had severe challenges in being able to broadcast the way we have for a long time. We are aware that that may change. However, uh, as more people are struggling to be able to access their places of worship, it's driving the numbers up rapidly on those that are downloading content off of our web pages, listening to our cell phone apps and responding even to our shortwave broadcast. So we feel that in today's environment in China, the radio, internet, cell phone distribution of gospel content is more important than it has ever been in that challenged nation of Mm. China. You spend a lot of time working firsthand with those who are involved in the ministry in China. Uh, If they were here with us, Ed, what would they be asking for us to pray about? Boldness courage, perseverance, and that the hearts of many people in China would be prepared so that when they hear their gospel presentations on the media platforms that FEBC is delivering, that they would come to faith. It's that simple. They don't pray for protection. They don't pray against any persecution. They just pray for boldness and the continuation of the 70-year-plus ministry that FEBC has had in China and that it will continue and that people will continue to respond the way they have. Well, why don't you pray right now for our staff there ministering in the country of China? Thanks, Wayne. Sure. Lord, we have such uh, courageous disciples of Jesus Christ uh, living their lives in such a way as to do everything they can to get the gospel out. In many cases, it reminds me of the first century church of the New Testament, where people were starting from ground level with no body of believers and working through those networks to get the gospel out. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, there would be little oppression to the work that we're doing, uh, that we would be cleared to continue to use the media platforms uh, for his kingdom and that as our broadcasters are using these technology gifts, which you have given us, Lord, that their messages would be clear, their messages would be your words, Lord, spoken through their mouth into our microphones, and therefore into those ears of the Chinese people, so that when they hear these messages, Lord, they will come to faith. 
And I pray, Lord, that the best days for FEBC broadcasts into that nation of China are yet ahead of us. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. We'll continue talking with Ed Cannon, president of FEBC, and we'll talk about other countries reached by the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm so grateful for the grace I receive while listening to FEBC all day long. I cried listening to God's message multiple times. The Far East Broadcasting Company receives millions of responses each year from grateful listeners. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. My guest is Ed Cannon, who is the president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. And so far, we've touched on the great nation of China. But, Ed, it's only one of some 50 countries where FEBC broadcasts the gospel every day. And, by the way, it's always in the local language, which always impresses me. It's local staff producing local programs there uh, for, for folks who hear it in their own language. That's a very important part, isn't it? That's absolutely key to FEBC. That's the way we've been since our very inception. We use indigenous people who speak the local language and the local dialect, and they give the message most relevant to the people in that culture so that they can understand the gospel. Well, we can only hit the highlights here, but uh, tell us where else you see God at work through FEBC. Well, Wayne, I was just in Indonesia last week, and Indonesia, as you know, is the largest Muslim country in the world, and FEBC's had a long presence there. We had 13 FM radio stations, but particularly concentrated in the largest cities. Um, We took a playbook from Moody Bible Institute and decided we could establish the FEBC Broadcasting Network in Indonesia and help many, many local stations that are spread all throughout their vast rural regions and islands. And we started this concept just a few months ago, and now we have added 83 stations in the nation of Indonesia who are taking some, all, or most of our content and they're rebroadcasting on their stations. I, I'm just really excited because it's partnership, Wayne. We don't own God's message, but we're producing it. And why not utilize it in as many radio stations as possible? Many of these little radio stations were struggling with where they're going to get their content, but we've made it available to them free of charge through the cloud technology, and they're rebroadcasting our broadcasts all throughout the uh, nation in the native Bahasan Indonesian language. So we've essentially tripled the number of people that have access to FEBC Indonesian's content all throughout that giant nation. Hmm. Uh, I love hearing these reports, Ed. You know, one of the countries that's very near and dear to me is Ukraine. You know that. Uh, And and it's exciting. Radio stations are being built by FEBC in Ukraine. There seems to be an open door there. There certainly does. Just it was only five years ago we got our first start. We had a radio station in Uh, Kiev, the capital, as you know, it was very small, uh, very uh, first beginnings of programming, and we weren't really sure how things would go with the nation. Uh, Our director there became very good friends with some political people. We actually invited them to Washington, D.C., showed them how the FCC works, uh, became very friendly with them, and they have opened the doors to a number of stations now. Uh, I visited last summer, and we visited off in the east where the door is wide open for FEBC 
to start some FM stations, Slavyansk, Kramatorsk, Prokhorsk, Marinka, and many of these local stations yeah, that are and, now And in. these are right on the edge of the war zone, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they absolutely are, Wayne. As a matter of fact, we've been kind of involved in some of the skirmishes there and caused some challenges for FEBC. But in this time and period when people are most challenged to hear the good news, our radio broadcasts are making a huge difference in that country. And not only are these FM stations being allowed to be opened up by the government, but we're seeing an explosion of responses from people in that country through social media. So it's young people listening to Facebook-like applications in the Ukrainian language, and they're responding significantly. So we're just really excited about what's going on in that country that otherwise is a lot of kind of dark news because of the uh, skirmish with the Russian government. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, there's a lot of hurt in uh in Ukraine, and a lot of ministries taking place through the radio there, and it's wonderful to hear about. Uh, again, I wish Real we quick could... story, Wayne, on Ukraine. Let me just interrupt you. We've had listeners who tell us, you know, I started listening to your broadcast, and since it's not Russian, it's in the Ukrainian language. That's why I decided to listen. I had no interest in your Christian message. I was only listening because it was in my native language. <laughs> but now, after listening for a few months... I'm very interested in this person, Jesus Christ, and could you tell me more about him? So I'm just really enthused about those kind of reports. I, I see why. Uh, and, of course, we could talk about what's going on with Russia, with uh, with uh, social media outreach and radio programs on social media. It's very exciting. Millions in Russia are listening. But I want to talk about Mongolia because Mongolia went from like zero to 60 in practically no time. Why don't you explain that? Well, yeah, 25 years ago, there was an insignificant presence of Christians in Mongolia. Um, There were some missionaries that went into the country, met with young people. There was one lady from England who came and ministered to a group of two dozen or so young men who have now become sort of the body of pastors in that country. One of those young men was our director who had a vision to use radio to reach this vast unpopulated expanse of Mongolia that only radio can do. So we started with one station in the capital of Ulaanbaatar with a little bit of reluctance as to whether radio would work in that country and no knowledge of how to do it. We started getting great responses from listeners and it's grown now, Wayne, to 17 FM stations in the least reached country of Mongolia. And now we're seeing a significant presence, some reports up to as many as 10% of the population of Mongolia who have become Christian. Our radio stations broadcasting great content produced by local Mongolians. Uh, For example, one program that's done by people who have had abortions as young women who are putting a program together specifically for young women in that country to say, Learn from the experience that we've had in our life, Hmm. how you can avoid the pain of having an abortion in your life. And, of course, that opens the door to the gospel and telling them about Christ. Many stories, lots of listeners, 17 radio stations in the country of Mongolia. Well, Mongolia is a great example because it shows how FEBC spurs the growth of the church in a country. Again, there were hardly any Christians there. And now it can be measured that there is a Christian population and there are churches in Mongolia. Yeah, in almost every city that we broadcast, uh, the local church pastor has a significant role in putting broadcasts on. And even in some cases within the church, 
housing the broadcast studio for FEBC. So it's a true partnership, which is another significant strategy of FEBC around the world. We work through the network of the local church. We're not the first voice. We're simply an aid to the local pastor, the local church, and we know it's the body of Christ in the local church that is introducing people to the way of uh, Christ and the gospel and the Holy Spirit. Well, this is giving us a great picture of what's happening outside our own borders here as God is at work around the world. Where else can you take us in a couple of minutes, Ed? How about Kyrgyzstan, Wayne? Okay. A country where five years ago there was essentially no church. We started with a radio station in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, the capital of that primarily Muslim nation. Uh, We had great response from our radio in Bishkek. We started being bold about the proclamation of the gospel. We heard from the people of that country, don't be shy about talking about the New Testament and Jesus Christ. We can listen to music on any station, but you guys are the voice of the New Testament, and that's what we want to learn about. Now we have six stations in Kyrgyzstan, all throughout the remote regions, and huge responses by people to what we're doing there. So it's just opened and exploding. FEBC has this great presence, Wayne, in Southeast Asia. Many people in Southeast Asia are minority ethnic groups. We have as many as 15 ethnic minority tribes where FEBC is broadcasting in shortwave radio and on social media. Some languages that we're broadcasting Christian content in in Southeast Asia, Wayne, have no Bible translated in their language, yet they're hearing the truth of Jesus Christ through FEBC's broadcasts. Mm. All across Southeast Asia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, FEBC staff are putting the gospel out in ways that reach the people and are making a huge difference. Well, Ed, just as you prayed for China earlier, we're going to ask our listeners to pray for these countries that we've surveyed here in the last few moments, because it's amazing that when you uh, when you hear from listeners who have tuned into these radio programs, what they're saying about it, and I, I know you get millions of responses from listeners each year to FEBC programs, so let's just decide together, Ed, that we're going to keep doing these reports from time to time here in first person and bring people up to date with what's happening. Any, any uh, final comment about what God's doing through FEBC that's on your heart? Wayne, I'd just like to say it this way. 2.6 million written responses to FEBC last year. Tens of millions online responses to the broadcasts, 127 languages in almost 50 countries. We only have one message. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ and the hope that alone that can deliver to people. And we will continue with that message, Wayne, until all have had an opportunity to hear. Well, if you know Ed Cannon, that's a phrase he repeats over and over again, until all have heard. It speaks powerfully of the urgent need to get the message of the gospel into every corner of the world. Our guest has been Ed Cannon of the Far East Broadcasting Company. If you'd like to learn more about FEBC, please visit febc.org. There online are many stories and videos that can tell even more about what God is doing than we had time to talk about today. Again, go to febc.org. And let me say thank you to those of you who have reached out to FEBC and thank them for making First Person possible each week. Any funds received go directly toward the ministry of FEBC to build stations, buy radios for those who cannot afford them, and produce the programs heard in nearly 50 countries, always with local indigenous speakers. So once again, go to febc.org if you'd like to help. 
Our Facebook page is always available, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.